Hi, it's Dr. Mike Jones. I'm the Managing Director of Impact Minerals Limited, listed on the Australian Stock Exchange under code IPT. Good to see you, uh, Dr. Mike Jones. I'm glad you're well. And you've just put out a scoping study. Um, what does it tell us? So for those uh, Crux listeners who have listened in earlier on in the year, they would have seen that uh, in March this year, we got into a high purity alumina project here in Western Australia. And uh, we've had a very successful year pushing that uh, project forward, both in feasibility study, we're well into a pre-feasibility study now. Um, but yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we put out the scoping study, which is really the first signs of uh, economic life in this, uh, in this project. And really sort of confirmed a lot of what we thought when we first got into the project, that it's going to be an, yeah, an extremely uh, cost-effective producer of HPA. Uh, one of, if not probably the lowest cost producer of HPA globally. And so we were very happy with the study. The numbers look uh, you know, very enticing and uh, you know, we're all excited and, and uh, keeping going. Right, but, um, but this, the, you're kind of now moving into those sort of uh, either exciting or boring phrase, depending on where you sit uh, in all of this, where you've got to help the market understand the economics of this thing, right? We're, we're sitting around sort of whatever, 40, 40, 40 million market cap here um, at the moment, but but it's a massive asset in, in, in a commodity which is much needed. But people aren't kind of, I don't think they're kind of understanding the, the, this, the scope and the scale of, of the opportunity in front of you. So um, tell, us, tell us what you're doing about that one. You kind of, there's an education process needed, isn't there? There, there is indeed. Uh, not only uh, about what HPA is used for, uh, you know, but also you know, the chances of us actually you know, making a significant contribution to the HPA market as we, uh, you know, as we go ahead. It is a niche market. We've sort of discussed that before, and, uh, you know, but it is growing, and it's also you know, a high-margin business, so it's definitely something that's worth chasing, uh, in particular if you've got uh, a you know, low-cost producer as we, uh, as we do. Uh, maybe I'll just give a quick you know, two-minute overview on, on HPA and what it's used for, just so people can sort of you know, come up to speed. Um, look, one of the principal uses, if you recall a few years ago, the Samsung phones were exploding. Probably used this analogy before, but uh, the uh, and the reason for that is that HPA is uh, thermally and chemically inert, and so they use it as the separator between the anode and the cathode in lithium-ion batteries, but also increasingly in other battery architectures, uh, basically to prevent the things exploding. So if the separator is not doing its job, um, the heat transfers across, and, and boom, have these uh, these explosions. And obviously, the battery market forecasts to grow, you know, significantly in the next decade. So there's a definite, uh, definite growth market there. And the second one is actually in something as simple as LED light globes, and also LEDs that we have in the um, OLED and ULED, Samsung, LG, etc. Uh, TV screens. Uh, big growth market uh, in both of those markets, and LED in particular in light globes. Uh, Recently, I understand that the USA banned incandescent light globes going in, and so all new globes have to go in, uh, you know, as LEDs and significant amounts uh, of HPA in there. There's a lot of other minor things that are very lucrative in the HPA space um, that you can get into, but really, you can't build a business around that. It's about the volume markets in the separator and the and the LED market, and that's really where we're you know we're focusing our work. Right. Okay. Back to the kind of scoping study. So that, thanks for helping people understand the, the you know the, the the what problem it solves. But back to the scoping study. Right. You 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 got an MPV of like one point three one point four um, 
billion Aussie, right? And, and the CAFX 250, et cetera, good IRR, well over 50%. Um, but it's early days. To go and deliver that and deliver the potential of, of that, uh, I'm intrigued in terms of what are those steps that you're 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 taking, and you know, and what cash is it going to take, and over what sort of time frame? So, in terms of the business development, what are, what are you doing? What are you focused on? So, right now, the key for us is making sure that the metallurgical process that we have for the unique Lake Hope deposit, you know, is doing its job on an increasingly larger scale, and that we can produce four N that's ninety nine point nine nine percent pure alumina uh, at the end of that process. So back in October, we put out the uh, the first results of the test work that we've been doing. Uh, the process is actually relatively straightforward. Um, people might recall that the deposit itself, Lake Hope, is is in the top two meters of a salt lake here in Western Australia, and it's really a no brainer in terms of mining. Uh, it's a, it's a free digging operation. The intention is to dig up the top meter or two of the lake, uh, stockpile it, and then draw it down over a three year period. Um, continuously and then take that off site for processing. It's a unique set of evaporite minerals which lend themselves to a very straightforward sulfuric acid leach process. Um, nothing complicated about it. It's five stages, uh, but we've been working through the optimization of that entire process. Fairly standard work that you would do in a free feasibility study. So, so far we've completed three stages. Um, out of the five, the other two stages should be done by Christmas. And so we will be in a position then uh, at the start of next quarter to really start run a significant amount of material through that process and have in our hands, you know, plenty of, uh, of white powder, uh, such as the bag that I'm, that I'm, holding, uh, that I'm holding here, uh, which is the high purity alumina. And we do like to joke. I'm saying the- nothing. Mike, I'm saying nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you like to think it's the second most expensive powder in, in Perth, but uh, it is uh, that, that it's uh, high purity alumina, you know, right there. <laughs> so, good, so good man. By the end of next quarter, Don, have- Don Don Jones, well done. <laughs> you got to no, make this, um, you got to make test work fun and and exciting, Matt. And uh, and so yeah, talking absolutely. about powder, it's, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. No, so, <laughs> let's get serious. Um, it, look, it, it, it is, it's kind of where you, I'm sure I'm just trying to think of financially where you're at. Okay. At, at yeah. the moment, either the market kind of comes back and life is getting people are throwing money around like for, for, for fun or, and I get the simplicity of the, the process that you've outlined and described. Um, it, it's not complex. That's like, that's a plus for sure. But to kind of deliver that scale component and, and given you sort of the history of where you're from and perhaps the, the, the structure and nature of the team. Are you looking to get strategic investors in sooner rather than later? Because you, you, whatever your market cap suggests, you're you're a meaningfully advanced project, right? Yeah. And you're going to need one that kind of business development component in terms of you know access access to access to market and, and commercial relationships and all of those wonderful things. But you're also going to need some capital to um, do all of this um, effectively, sort of um, pilot testing you know allow people to test your product etc so again in terms of that building that part of the business wh- wh- where are you uh, that's, that's that's a great question if you look at our presentations you know we talk about at the end of that you know where we're building out our, our capabilities um and you know access to markets and finding uh, you know borrowing into you know the potential customers is a key part of next year's uh, program 
Now to do that, we do need quite a reasonable quantity of material. And so right now we're balancing up, you know, making sure that the process is working before we sort of really knock on the doors so that we can actually say, hey, look, we've got product now. You know, we don't have products in three months. And then if we hit it, you know, you know, God forbid, hit some sort of technical issue and then we've got to delay everyone. It just doesn't do you credibility, you know, any good there at all. So, so building out product specification um, is a, a huge part of the, um, you know, of the playing field that we're, that, you know, that we're, that we're getting into. So in, in terms of funding, the work that we're doing on the pre-feasibility and the definitive feasibility study is basically all about test work. It's not actually that expensive when you compare it to, say, feasibility studies doing on, say, Hemi, you know, DeGray's big 10 million ounce, uh, you know, gold deposit. This has probably got similar value, you know, to in ground to, uh, you know, to DeGray. And, and the feasibility studies on those things cost tens of millions of dollars. You know, we're talking a few millions of dollars here. And I'm pretty confident that I'm going to be able to raise that based on the interest that we've, that we've had shown, uh, you know, in this project as I've done a lot of marketing, you know, this year just trying to shake the tree. So, so yes, so capabilities, um, definitely a big area for us next year. And I think a big tick for us will be just getting the first batch of material, say, into a qualification process, not an offtake. But you know, qualification, um, you know, will be the the first real indication for us that hey, you know, people are starting to take us, uh, you know, uh, take us potentially seriously in this, uh, you know, in this space. Um, in terms of the longer picture, when we get to say a pilot plant mode where we're producing commercial quantities, which would be profit on our modelling would be profitable at say, you know, thousand or two thousand tons per annum production. Um, then we're looking in the sort of the few tens of millions we think to sort of build that scale of plant, and then it's a real ramp up, obviously, to get to the big ten thousand ton a year, which is what the scoping study was based on, and it's the sort of the benchmark that our peers in the business, you know, have, uh, have been doing. So, look, in the short term, not huge amounts of capital over the next uh, you know year or two, and then subsequent to that, yeah, if we get offtake partners, then obviously there'd be sources of funding. We hope. To, uh, to build the larger scale plant. Well, well let, let, let's look at that uh, qualification um, process because that's fascinating. When, when, so we look at a lot of the, the, the metals, commodities fitting into the you know, EV market, say, for, for, for instance, it, they are conscious of who, which strategics and what type of money they, they bring in because the North, North Americans are suggesting that if you kind of tap into the Chinese market, then dollars will not be available to you, all this kind of you know critical minerals, mineral security is a language which is much used. You know, so as an Aussie company, um, I guess relations are, are good with China again. But we've seen what's happened with the graphite market recently in terms of you know the tap being turned off. We've seen it before with uh, rare earths with the tap being turned off um, from from China. So how how do you view? The market. How do you view what type of uh, qualification process you're going to run in terms of where that goes? Is it we're open to all everyone and and, and anyone, or are you kind of conscious of those sort of market um, pressures? Yeah, no, we're we're very conscious of the of the market pressures and you know friends shoring, you know, in particular. Uh, obviously, a number of you know, Australian companies are already investigating, you know, the potential for the IRA, you know, funding through, uh, you know, from the Biden administration, et cetera. And we think that's possibly, you know, a route that, you know, might be open to us in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of uh, funding. There's obviously gigafactories, you know, 
although some of them have been cancelled and probably sure as you were, you know, but there is, you know, there are gigafactories proposed, you know, both in particular North America and, you know, throughout Europe. And the, you know, the incumbent suppliers, the largest portion actually comes from China. And so there's definite potential there to, you know, to replace the Chinese, you know, supply of HPA outside of China into, you know, those types of markets. So, you know, it's a big strategic choice to make about, you know, you go down the separator route or the LED route because they do require, obviously, there's different, uh, you know, characteristics uh, that uh, are required in the, uh, in the end specification. Um, and we will test the market in both of those and see which, uh, you know, which one looks like it's going to be the, the more straightforward one to, uh, you know, to break into. But in terms of batteries, you have to remember, of course, I mean, what, 85% of the world's batteries are made in China. And I mean, China, the Chinese battery makers light years ahead of anybody in the West, basically, in terms of battery technology. Lots of developments going on in there. Um, whereas yeah, the LED market is more global, you know, in terms of the suppliers and yeah, the people who make, you know, LEDs, et cetera. So, um, so these are very interesting challenges that, you know, that, uh, that, we, that we face in the, uh, in the marketplace over the next, you know, 12 to 24 months. But there are always pressures um, yeah, in, in your sector. Um, I mean, what, what are some of the assumptions that you're making here? Obviously, you know, you've kind of got a byproduct, which I guess is non, not necessarily core to the success uh, economically of, of your projects. So I don't necessarily want to sort of tap into that. But what are the kind of the, the red flags you saying to your team? Look, we, we need to nail the, this, this aspect of our business to ensure success. I mean, what, what was kind of where you focus was laser focus. Yeah. Uh, it really is on getting to the end, you know, that end product. Um, so, as well as the the chemical process which produces the you know the bags of white powder, there's then quite a lot of physical alteration of the material that needs to be done in um, you know high pressure mills, jet mills, they're called, you know, micronization to get it to the kind of specification that you know the particular end users use, and that requires you know a lot of intelligence between your uh, you know, between our metallurgists and, and product developers and the end user market, making sure that those two, you know, mix. And that, of course, then feed, if you make a strategic choice there, you know, that feeds back into the process and the plant you actually end up going to build. So there's this balance, you know, between, uh, you know, between the two. And I can, it's always good to point to an example where it's been done very well. And, and there is a, one standout in that business, and that's Alpha HPA Limited. The, the code is A4N on the um, Australian Stock Exchange. Uh, you know, four years ago, they were like us. Um, small junior explorer came up with a novel, uh, novel uh, extraction process, solvent extraction, to develop HPA. And it's been a four-year journey for them to tick all of those boxes that you're talking about, you know, go through the qualification, make sure the process was working. You know, and their market cap hit a billion dollars, you know, just recently. So if you can get it right in the space, you know, the potential is there, you know, for the market to get the story. Uh, but yeah, look, it takes a, it's taken a lot of marketing and a lot of, uh, you know, telling the story to get it out there. Right, okay. And, and But again, just looking, looking forward because you're kind of moving through the phases quite quickly. You've only recently got this asset on board, so we love the simplicity. We love the love the scale of it, and we love the the, the kind of low cost development of it. That, that's great. Um, but you're going to sort start, start forward planning some of the things in terms of you know where where do you put a pilot plant, where do you put a processing plant. You're going to have to secure these things. Yeah. You know the technical um, ability to kind of um, 
I see, I know you're building the team, but technical abilities that you're going to need to get on board. You know, people are expensive these days because of what's what's been going on. Yeah. Is that how much of your how much of your month or the board's month is kind of focused on those sorts of things, that future proofing, as it were? No, it's um, as as we've gone through this test work and increasingly showing, you know, that uh, this project, you know, has definitely got legs. You know, it's becoming you know more and more of the focus for uh, you know for impact, obviously going forward. So talking about the, the you know the funding and the and thinking about pilot plants and things like that. So. We're spending a lot of time thinking about you know, where the pilot plant would be built and what funding might be available. So again, just to use Alpha HPA as an example, you know, over the last 12 months, they've secured something in the order of $100 million worth of, uh, of grants from the state and federal government, uh, that's the state of Queensland, um, to help you know, construct significant portions of their plant. And that type of funding, you know, is would be available, you know, to ourselves once we get it to particular stages. So, in fact, just today we came back from a, a meeting with one of the government departments that, you know, said, "Hey, put an application in for, uh, you know, for grants to help, uh, you know, come to help build." There is a big drive both at the state and at the, in particular, the federal level in Australia to, you know, increase our mineral processing that we do here in in Australia, and we think that we've got, you know, very strong chance of tapping into into that funding. Um, and talking about bigger licks of capital, uh, one of the initiatives that the federal government did just recently, they've offered you know, two, $2 billion of cheap loans to uh, you know, critical minerals uh, infrastructure growth, so, and, you know, which includes processing plants and plants and things like that. So you know, the, um, it, it will be a uh, you know, significant uh, you know, portion of our time thinking and actually applying for that type of, uh, you know, that type of funding. And it'll be uh, you know, a nice addition, obviously, to you know, standard capital raises, et cetera, or looking for input uh, or funding from an off-take partner. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's going to be extremely important. Um, the the cost of capital, you know, can can make make or break some some um, yeah. companies. But, um, so in terms of that kind of get the Gantt chart moving forward, in terms of the those kind of deliverable date, they used to be called catalysts, but I don't believe that anymore. Uh, is what are the sort of deliverables that move you and this project forward? So in terms of uh, sort of do say in quarters. So look, uh, you know, this quarter we'll we'll lodge our mining lease application. So we've recently received heritage clearance. Um, so, by, just so subject to a mining agreement, and there are no impediments from the local Naju people to uh, you know to mining there. Um, we've also completed the first pass environmental studies. Again, no red flags there, uh, you know, presently. So from the mining side, mining application will go in, and we're sort of ticking a lot of boxes to get that granted. You know, within an eighteen month, two year sort of time frame. So again, accelerating everything. Next quarter. Um, we'll be producing significant amounts of the HPA from our optimised process and really then shaking the tree to get the qualification, uh, you know, meet the customers and start to get material into qualification. And I would hope by mid-year next year that you know, we should have started that track, uh, you know, started on that, uh, on that track. That will also be the time when the pre-feasibility study, quarter two, quarter three, um, will be coming to uh, you know, an end. And that's a big decision point for us in terms of our earn-in agreements. So the completion of the pre-feasibility study, we can earn 80% of the project and uh, tick that off and then move to the next stage of definitive feasibility study, which will roll off into, obviously, into, uh, into 2025. But the ultimate aim is to get into you know, modest scale, not the full-scale production, in that sort of 2026 um, you know, timeframe. 
and uh, and to do that, there's a lot of work that has to be done, and uh, you know, a lot of things have got to you know got to fall into place. But um, what I can say is that I always wanted to build a mine, Matthew, and uh, and uh, you know, now we're doing it. Um, it's a it's an an incredible challenge you know, for me personally, um, but I'm absolutely loving it. It's a whole new set of skills that I've got to learn. You know, not just in terms of you know all of the permitting. But because it's HPA, we've got this added complexity of uh, you know finding end users uh, into there. So yeah, it's it's a, a fascinating and rewarding journey. That we're on. Okay, and just one final one. Obviously, when you kind of move to the stage of development of of, of project and advancing through um, the, the phases as it were, the share register becomes really really important to you. I know you're out there you know selling the project, but we've talked so far about funding or grants and and, and that sort of thing. But the the kind of capital markets is going to be really important for you. Retail is a big portion of who you are and what you are and the heritage of you know you know where where you've been. With the institutional conversations, it's you may still be too small for them, but you've got to start the process of telling the story. I mean, how is that working for you at the moment? Yeah, no, the, the um, we've had I've done a lot of uh, marketing this year, so in particular. One-to-one formats, not specifically one, you know, the one-to-one group, but um, and and that's actually they've actually been quite well attended by Australian you know, institutions, and you know, having been selling this the uh, you know the exploration drink for so long, it's interesting to see that there's palpable difference in interest in what we're doing. You know, obviously, there's the uniqueness of the project is is sort of attractive, but when we start to talk to the institutions, you know, about oh, look, this is our operating costs, these are our capexes. You can see that you know the lights are sort of turning on a little bit. Oh, there actually there could be something in this uh, you know in this project. So it's actually been you know quite significant. I've done a few presentations to uh, institutional brokers leading into the institutions as well. Um, early days, and and we understand where we sit in terms of the you know the market cap threshold. Um, but you know I'm pretty confident that um, yeah if we can just keep the retail interest, um, building that market cap, ticking the boxes off. You know that we will attract, um, you know, some significant funding, um, you know, from uh, from bigger groups as we as we move forward. So, yeah, exciting times. Exciting times indeed, Mike. Thanks very much for for today. Bye. Yeah, no problem.